your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast, October 29th, 2021. Your boy Q here, very excited about closing out the week strong, or at least having the opportunity to close out the week really strong, head into week eight action, and not have to stress off of a Raiders game as they're on a bye. So uh, starting on Monday, we'll start to turn the page and start looking at the New York Giants, who will be the next team up on the schedule for the Raiders. They have to travel to the East Coast. Early kickoff, 10 a.m. kickoff next Sunday. But uh, right now we get to continue to talk about, well, different subjects that we've been talking about here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Off top, I'd like to thank everyone for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find this podcast free and available on all platforms. Also, today's episode is being brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's also an unofficial community center. So we got to give big thanks to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You know I'll tell you more about McDonald's coming up later in the show. Speaking of the show, coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Lots of quality feedback, so I'm going to try to get to as much as possible. That's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, speaking of calls, had a really good call from my guy Raider X from the Inland Empire, and he's really talking about what it's going to take for the Raiders to end up in the playoffs in 2021. They're sitting there with a 5-2 and two record. So what do they have to do in the final 10 games of the season? In my opinion, what do they need to do in the final 10 games to make sure that they make it to the playoffs? Well, we'll hear his call. We'll go through the schedule. I'll talk about what I think they need to do, where they need to do it, and what games are the most important games coming up remaining in the 2021 regular season. We'll do all that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So there's not a whole lot to talk about about when it comes to news and notes when it comes to the Raiders. First of all, they're on a buy, so you know there's not a whole lot of transactions going on. There's no media sessions going on, but there is a lot of media chatter about the Raiders right now, and a lot of Raider Nation always wants to hear the, the national media talking about the Raiders. They don't talk about us enough, They don't, talk, and I know that they don't. I've just got so desensitized where it doesn't even bother me, but when they do talk about the Raiders, it stands out to me. So I'm not a first-take guy at all. I mean, I barely, rarely ever watch any of those shows. Uh, I do like Keyshawn J. Will, and now it's Max Kellerman. I'm not a Max guy, but Keyshawn Johnson always does a great job. Uh, whatever he's on, radio, TV, it doesn't matter. I always like to hear what he's got to say. And he's been, he's been pounding the table for the Raiders for quite a while now throughout the whole course of the season, and I've loved every minute of it. Well, I happened to be scrolling through the TV, and I saw first take, and I'm definitely not a first take guy, but uh, Damian Woody and Dan Orlowski was talking about the AFC teams and talking about who's the team to beat in the AFC, and Orlowski was cutting for the Bills. Well, Damian Woody actually said that they're not the team to challenge the Bills. They're the team to be challenged in the AFC. Like He's basically saying the team to beat in the AFC is the Raiders. Check this out. For me right now, like I'm looking at, the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr and the way Derek Carr has been playing. Tell me a quarterback that's been playing better than Derek Carr right now. Derek Carr, I think, has been underrated in how people how people been talking about report about talking about Derek Carr. I don't hear you talking about Derek Carr like that. You don't give Derek Carr nearly the love that he that he deserves right now. Whoa, and with the Las Vegas and, and with the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah, I, I'm just listen. I peep game. I peep you out. 
Okay, so I give nothing I mean, but love to Derek uh, Carr. I'm just, I've I'm been just, giving love hey, to Derek I'm just, Carr. I'm just, I'm just, I'm so, just being real here. So what's I'm your answer? Say, uh, what's, what's your my, answer? I just told you, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going. They're Las the team Vegas to beat Ra- in the AFC. I'm going with Las Vegas Raiders right now. With what I'm, what I'm seeing so far, I love, I love the way Derek Carr is playing the game of football. He is playing the game of football from the neck up right now, as good as any quarterback in pro football. Love the way he's playing. So big words right there from Damian Woody to Dan Orlovsky on first take, talking about the team to beat in the AFC is the Raiders. And really the main reason why is because Derek Carr and how he's playing from above the shoulders, that his head is so deep into the game right now that he's pretty much unstoppable. That's that's big time, and I'll say this. I can't disagree with them as far as how Derek Carr is playing. I don't care if you're not a big Carr fan. He is playing at, I can comfortably say, he's playing at an elite level. He really is. And I don't think I've ever used the word elite and Derek Carr together, but he's playing at an elite level. So speaking of Derek Carr, he was on the Harvester Sports Podcast. It's about an hour long, hour strong. And I watched it, and I wasn't super impressed with it. Uh, Obviously, it was uh, some folks that uh, he's really tight with, some friends and family of his, uh, people that he grew up with. And again, I mean, it was cool because they just kind of sat around, they talked, they shoot the bull, you know, it's good stuff like that. But I mean, it wasn't too much anything hard hitting or anything, but it still was Nice and conversational, so I I can't be mad at that. But a lot of folks, including myself, have ever wondered if Derek Carr would, you know, want to leave the Raiders at some time. I know at at one point he said, hey, I want to retire a Raider. I want to win a championship for the silver and black. And everyone is taking him for his word. And, you know, I've even said that, hey, he might get to a point, especially if a new coach comes in, new coordinators come in and say, I don't want to do this. You know, I want to go somewhere and have a chance to win. But he was asked on this podcast, hey, is it the Raiders or nothing for you? 100%. I've I've been on record saying I'm not playing for anybody else yeah I'm a Raider and one day if by my choice or theirs I'm not then I'm not you know and I'll play golf and get really good at that you know I want to I want to win a championship here it means so much more I could I could I leave and pick my team and well they got great defense and they got this and oh shoot I'll go there and make Mm -hmm. it easy sure everyone I mean you see a lot of guys trying to do that and doing that that's maybe I'm just built different because you have like a contract coming up you are not even like I'm not looking at anybody else like you just want to get you just want to get yeah. this deal done. You just want to go. Like it's yeah. almost like it's just a distraction. Like the, like this contract stuff, right? Yeah, and that's why I kind of just said, you know what? If we're when it happens, it happens. Kind of let my agent handle it. Obviously, yeah. let Tim handle it with the team. They they've been talking about it. They want to do it and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it's uh, it's football time now. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> once I'm in the season, don't bring me none of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah, I don't care about that. You know, I I can go to Target and my my card won't get declined. You know, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm good. So. We'll we'll figure that out another time, but but they know that mm. there's a certain amount of respect that you that you want, but at the same time, you know, I'm not trying to play anywhere else. So there is Derek Carr on the Harvester Sports Podcast out right now. It's about an hour long, hour strong. Go ahead and check that out. But you hear him doubling down. Don't want to play anywhere else but the silver and black. So uh, Raider Nation, that's a good thing. Damn good quarterback having a damn good season. Who knows what happens with a contract extension if and when it's coming. But, uh, yeah, sounds like he is locked in and just wants to be a member of the Silver and Black. So I know we've had a lot of conversations about that as of lately. We'll see how everything shakes out and when it shakes out. Uh, my final little soundbite that I wanted you to hear, uh, and this is what happens when a team is on the bye. You know, all these players get an opportunity to go sit down and do podcasts and do stuff like that. Well, Darren Waller is on Taylor Rook's podcast on Bleacher Report. Really good stuff. About 45 minutes long. This one was excellent. And this one lets you know that Darren Waller still deals with issues on the daily. And I've said it multiple times that if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic, 
you'll always be a drug addict and an alcoholic. Like you never get over it. You find a way to cope with it, but you never get over it. It's a it's an everyday battle. And with this soundbite I have right here from Darren Waller, it'll let you know that it is an everyday battle. And Taylor starts off talking about just his story, getting over the addiction, getting over the alcoholism, everything that he went through. Does he ever get tired of telling that story? There's there. I mean, there are some times where it's like I do fucking get repetitive, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it keeps me in the mode that I'm in when I'm talking about it. It yeah. makes me not like, you know, forget what life like used to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the kind of thinking and the habits that I left behind, because if I don't, you know, do the work that's necessary day in, day out, I could slip back into those. And I do find myself at some times, like my thinking just kind of slipping if I'm just doing, 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 going, going, grinding, grinding, and not focusing on myself. Like, yeah. I know that I should on a daily basis. You know, it could start to weigh on me. So yeah. I just, talking about it keeps me, yeah, it just keeps me in that in that mode. Mm-hmm. You said that sometimes you'll see find yourself going, 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 and thinking, okay, maybe you might slip. Can you tell me more about what, what that looks like, what that feels like? Yeah, it's just like, I'm so caught up in the performance of my day-to-day. Like, I'm in a performance industry, you know, and just it, my brand matters, my stats matter, all these things matter. And it's just like, and I come across all these people and it's like, they love me for what I do. But it's like, when I take a step back, it's like, what about this is going to end someday? What is it going to be like then? Like, who am I going to be? Like, am I going to be somebody that doesn't know who I am when it's over with? And so it's like, I got to make sure that, you know, in the mornings and afternoons and the evenings, I'm you know, just checking in and just being still and just listening to what's going on inside me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's just got to be a good balance. Like even like even this last week, like I feel like kind of overwhelming. I'm just like, I'm going to these events and all these people want to take pictures. And it's just like, all right, like this is this is cool. Like I, I understand what it means to them, but it's like, it's not like they're really trying to get to know me. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I'm spending all my time doing this. Am I matching that amount of time with, you know, journaling or meditating or talking to people in my life that I can really talk about real life with. Or, yeah. I don't know if you cuss. You can right. cuss. Cuss as much as you want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you are checking in with yourself, what are the questions you're asking yourself? Like, who are you? It's just like, to see if I'm, if, you know, my ego wants to attach to football or if it wants to attach to music or if it wants to attach to any of these other things or instead of like, you know, just my values, like making sure that I'm staying on those and then just listening because thoughts are going to come up and then that's where I can kind of sift through them and realize, like, you know, I don't have to really go with the narrative that my mind wants to do because it's always just chirping and chirping and chirping and just trying to beat me up one minute and then trying to make me think I'm the greatest thing in the world the next minute. So it's just trying to, like, find that even ground. So there's Darren Waller right there on Taylor Rook's podcast on Bleacher Report. You want to talk about an excellent, excellent interview. That was great. Just breaking down everything that's going on in Darren Waller's mind, what he's thinking all the on the regular, you know, how it's an everyday struggle and what he's got going on. I mean, really, that was some good stuff. So I definitely encourage you to go and check that one out. Final thing I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. We've been talking a lot about Rich Basaccia as the interim head coach and does he have a chance to be the head coach full-time? And what will it take to make him the full-time head coach? And uh, there was a tweet that was put out, and multiple people have sent it to me, from Paul Domowich uh, at P Domo on Twitter. He said, back in 2012, Mike Mayock told me that if he were a GM and hiring a coach, Rich Basaccia would be his number one guy. There are three to four special team coaches who deserve a shot, and Rich would be at the top of my list. He's the next John Harbaugh. He'd be a guy I would bang the table for. 
That's according to Paul Domowich back in 2012. He said that's what Mike Mayock told him. Uh, obviously, he was still a member of the NFL Network at that point. And I don't know what even brought that conversation up. Paul Domowich is a, a guy from Philly who's done sports for a long time, radio, writing, all kind of stuff. So he's covered the league for a long time. Again, you can find him on Twitter at PDomo. But just to double down with what... Mike Mayock said it's not like that was just something he threw up against the wall and was hoping it stuck because when he had that press conference following the resignation of John Gruden, matter of fact, I believe it was, what, October 13th? It was that Wednesday. Gruden stepped down on Monday, and then Wednesday, Mayock and Bisaccia and multiple members of the team uh, met with the media. Mayock talked about Rich Bisaccia and how much he respected him. Here he is. Check it out. Rich Bisaccia, interim head coach. Look, I've known this guy for a lot of years, and I hope you get to meet him a little bit and see what a special person he is. Since he's a special teams coach, he's involved with more players on the team than any other coach in our building. He's involved with the offensive guys. He's involved with the defensive guys. Um, The irony is I've endorsed him for a lot of head coaching jobs over the years, both in college and the NFL, back when I had a different job. He's got as much respect in the locker room, in our locker room, as any coach I've ever seen in my life. And the reason he does is, is he a great coach? Hell yeah. But he's an even better man. And what I've always told people when I endorsed him is that he's the most natural leader of men that I have ever been around. So there's Raiders GM Mike Mayock talking about Rich Bisaccia, just kind of double down on what he was saying on that uh, on that tweet that was put out from 2012 saying that he would endorse Rich Bisaccia to be a head coach and really pound the table for him. So maybe he plans on pounding the table for Rich Bisaccia to be the full-time head coach. Obviously, I think whatever happens throughout the rest of the season is going to weigh heavy on that decision. And who knows? It may be one of those that by the end of the season, there's no question. Like, oh yeah, Rich Bisaccia is the guy. No doubt about it. And then it might be one of those, well, hey, you better still make sure you uh, you do your due diligence, you know? And then there might be an opportunity where you think, oh, yeah, that was terrible. Don't want any more of that. I mean, you just have no idea which way this is going to go. It's been a great 2-0 start, but remember, it's only been two games, and they still got 10 games left to go. Matter of fact, we're going to speak about those 10 games that they have left to go coming up in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is McDonald's. And I got a shout-out to McDonald's. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965. Always been more than just a place to go get great, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family go to reconnect. A place where uh, classmates and teammates hang out. They study. They have free Wi-Fi, dependable Wi-Fi. They have French fries, McFlurries, McNuggets, all that good stuff you can get at McDonald's. It's always a place that you look forward to when you're on a long road trip and you're looking up and you're hungry. All of a sudden you see the golden arches. You know you can't go wrong. Long road trip. You want to stop and rest your legs, refuel and recharge. McDonald's is the place for you. I know a lot of folks that plan their days around McDonald's. Some folks go in after Little League games. Some people go after big sporting events like high school football games. People have birthday parties at McDonald's. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like your one-stop shop, right? So make sure you head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say a Locked On Raiders podcast watch party? Hmm. It's a possibility, right? I'm loving it. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I had a couple different things that I wanted to talk about. Had a different couple directions I was going to go in this segment. I was going to talk about the best team in the AFC Conference. Right now in the East, the Bills are at 4-2. and two. They're leading that division. In the North, the Bengals are there at 5-2, and two, tied with the Ravens at 5-2. and two. In the South, is the Titans on top at 5-2. and two. And of course, in the West, the Raiders sit on top at 5-2 and two, with the Chargers right behind them at 4-2 and two, with a win over the Raiders. But then I got a call from Raider X out the Inland Empire, and he was basically calling to break down the final 10 games of the regular season, or at least wanted me to break down the final 10 games of the regular season, what the Raiders need to do to make it to the playoffs, guarantee that they make it into the playoffs. So here's the call, and then we'll break down the final 10 games of the regular season for the Silver and Black. Here he is, Raider X out the Inland Empire. Yo, Q, this is Raider X calling out the Inland Empire. Got something I just wanted you to think about a little bit. So right now, the Raiders are sitting at 5-2. and two. Seven games down, ten games to go. So even if they split at 5-5, five and five, 500 ball, which is highly unlikely given their performance so far, that is another five wins going up now to ten wins, a ten-win season. So 10-7, and seven. good season. Not good enough to get into the playoffs. So let's say they go up one game. Let's say it's six and four. Now we looking at some playoffs. Talk to me, brother Q. Remember, Raiders out. There he goes, Raider X, right there out the Inland Empire, talking about what the Raiders need to do to make sure that they get into the playoffs. And I'll say this. The easiest way to get into the playoffs at this point is to win your division. You know, and I didn't think that that was a real possibility at the beginning of the season. I thought the Chiefs were going to be the ones that still dominated the AFC West and the Raiders and the Chargers were going to battle for that second spot. But as we know how it sits right now, the Chiefs aren't looking so hot. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not capable of turning things around and getting on a roll. I'm not going to throw dirt on them already, but they're just not looking very good. They're looking very vulnerable. So let's just say the easiest path for the Raiders to make it into the uh, the playoffs is to win their division straight up. And with 10 games left, you would have to win at least, in my opinion, at least six of them to give yourself a shot at the at the division. Now, off top, what I love about the remaining 10 games of the Raiders schedule, it's not easy, so that's not it. I love the fact that they have seven games that are in the AFC Conference. Yeah, they got division games, but they got AFC conference games. That's going to matter. They've already won a bunch of games in the AFC. Now, if they can close out strong against the AFC in the second half, basically the second half of their schedule, that would be great as well. So we'll go through the schedule. Again, I'm looking for about six or seven wins, really seven wins, and you're in the playoffs. You know, And I go back to last year when the Miami Dolphins had 10 wins and they missed the playoffs. So I used to say double-digit wins will get you in the playoffs. I don't think that anymore, especially with it being 17-game schedules. So uh, I like the way that it's shaping up. I like the way that the end of the season shakes out for the Raiders when they have five AFC conference games to close out the season. I think that's going to be a really big deal. They started the season with four AFC games. They're closing out the season with five straight AFC games. I think even though it's a tough slate, a tough schedule, I think it's going to play out for the Raiders ideally in that situation if they can go ahead and handle their business. So let's go ahead and go through the, the rest of the schedule, the remaining 10 games, and let's look for six or seven wins. All right, coming out of the bye, I know they have to travel. They're going to the the East Coast to take on the Giants. They should win that game. That should be a W. I don't want to just... 
you know, gloss over the Giants and act like they're nobody. They did just beat the brakes off of uh, the Panthers, but that's one of those games. I always say there's games on your schedule that you're supposed to win, and then there's 50-50 games. The Giants should not be a 50-50 game. That should be a W. Then you have the Chiefs at home, and I'll tell you right now, that should be a W. The way that the Raiders are playing right now, that game at home, Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs should be a W. I don't consider that a 50-50 game because that's not in Kansas City. That is in your home. You need to hold that one down. You missed out on one last season. You need to get back on this one. So I think that that should be a W as well. Then the Bengals come to town. And I'll tell you right now, this is something I wouldn't have said a year ago. That's a 50-50 game for me. The Bengals coming to town is a 50-50 game. They are playing some damn good ball. Matter of fact, they made me have to wear a Bengal costume on a Locked On NFL for today's show because of the way that they're playing, the way they just beat the brakes off the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, shout out to the Bengals. They're doing their thing. That I consider a 50-50, so I'm not giving them a dub on that one. They're going to have to go out there and earn that. So, so far, out of three games, I've given them two wins. Still looking for about five more, right? Then they have to travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Thursday night, Thanksgiving. That's going to be a tough one. That is going to be a damn tough game. Not saying they can't win it, but that's one I consider a 50-50 game. So that's not another W. It's a 50-50. You got to go earn that one. After that, another NFC East opponent in the Washington football team. That's a dub. That's at your house. That's a dub, in my opinion. You should win that game. The ones I give dubs to automatically are games that I expect the Raiders to win. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to lose them, but that means that I expect them to win those games, no doubt about it. So that's three right there. You got to look for a couple more dubs, right? You need a couple more dubs if you're trying to make it to the playoffs. So after the Washington football team, then you hit the road and you take on an AFC opponent, AFC West opponent in the Kansas City Chiefs. Now that I consider a 50-50 ball, 50-50 game because that one is in Kansas City. It's in Arrowhead. And I know the Raiders picked up a W there last year, but there were very minimal fans there. Uh, it It wasn't late in the season. It was early. It was what, week five? You know, so it was still early in the season. So I say that that game in Kansas City is a 50-50 game. So I'm not going to give them a dub on that one. Then they're at the Browns, Cleveland, late in the season. You know, it's going to be cold out there. It's going to be some rough weather. So that's two road games back-to-back. So even though I think Cleveland is vulnerable this year, I don't think they're as good as they're hyped up to be. I'm considering that a 50-50. So, so far, there's only three more games left in the regular season for the Raiders. I've only given them three dubs. Only three, so that only gives them an eight. They need to find a couple more wins. Well, the Broncos come to town. I'm sorry, that should be a dub. The Broncos are a mess. We saw that when the Raiders went to Denver and handled their business. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That should be a dub. All right, there's four. Then the Raiders travel to Indy, take on the Colts. I know Carson Wentz is there. I don't think that the Colts are that great of a team. I'm giving the Raiders a dub on that one. And I know some people could argue and say, you know, Q, I think that's a 50-50 game. You could argue that, and I could understand the argument, but it's an AFC opponent. I think right there at that point of the season, the Raiders are smelling the playoffs. So I'm going to give them a dub on that one. And then the last game of the regular season, at home, against the Chargers. Chargers beat them in SoFi earlier in the season, Monday Night Football. Raiders wrap up with the Chargers. That could be a game that determines the division. That could be a game that determines if the Raiders get into the playoffs. So that I consider a 50-50 game as well. I think that the Raiders could have beat the Chargers in L.A. I think they should have beat them in L.A. They didn't. Even later in the game, when and they weren't playing very well, even late in the game, they still had an opportunity to win. I think this is a very winnable game, especially being at Allegiant Stadium. But just because it's the Chargers and the way that they're playing, at least right now, I'm going to give them a 50-50 on that one. So I'm not going to give them a complete dub. So how many dubs was that? One, two, three, four, five. So that's the five that you were talking about in the call. That gets you at 10 wins. That does not guarantee the playoffs. Matter of fact, you most likely miss the playoffs. 
So out of those 50-50 games, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and the Browns on the road, and the Chargers at home, you got to win at least two of those. That's how you do it. You win all the games you're supposed to win. The Giants, the Chiefs at home, Washington at home, Broncos at home, and Colts on the road. Those are the five you're supposed to win. Out of the five that you are 50-50 games, you got to win a couple. You just go out there and you take them. Just like they did early in the season when they beat Baltimore off top. Then they traveled to Pittsburgh and got that dub. And then that's when they got the attention of the league. Well, there's going to be games like that that are going to be attention getters. Like if they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving and beat the Cowboys, that's going to be a big deal. A lot of folks are penciling the Cowboys in to make a deep playoff run right now. And they're a hell of a team. Got a great offense and their defense is good enough. So I see I see 10 wins for sure. You got to get, I think you got to get seven, seven wins out of the final 10 to solidify yourself, to assure yourself, guarantee yourself a spot in the postseason. So hopefully that helps break it down a little bit, Raider X. Uh, I'd like to hear from you, though. 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. Since there is no Raider game this Sunday, we can spill this conversation on over till Monday. It's all good. Hit me up. 707-654-4693. Speaking of the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, your calls and texts are coming up next. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar and well, it's almost Halloween, right? So if you're going to get a Built Bar, you might as well get Paranormal Pumpkin. Make that happen. It looks like it should be something you should hand out at Halloween. It's got a nice little black wrapper with the white and the gray accents on it. It's got the pumpkin. It's got the marshmallow with the chocolate draped all over it. I mean, it looks like it was made for Halloween. So go ahead and get you some. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. It's not going to be around very long, just like coconut marshmallow puffs, blueberry muffin, rocky road, strawberry cherry lime, Of course, they got the oldies but goodies, right? Like coconut, coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel, cookies and cream, double chocolate, cherry barcia, raspberry, and mint brownie. All those built Bars are available right now. Of course, they're a good-tasting protein bar. This is very rare to say. A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's good for you. So check it out today. Get your fix on. Get your order in. Make sure when you do go to check out, though, use the promo code LOCK15. That's going to save you 15% off your order when you check out. Again, promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number up first. We got Cisco calling out the 661. He's calling in to somewhat pump the brakes on naming Rich Passaccia, the full-time head coach. Talks about Josh Jacobs and trade deadline moves. Here he is, Cisco in the 661. What's up, Q, Raider Nation? Uh, Cisco in the 661. Just wanted to give a quick call and uh, just tell Q how smart he is um a lot of the things you talk about man i i agree with you a thousand percent about you know just our head coach you know starting off very good but let's not get ahead of ourselves it's two games you know it was the broncos pretty much just point is like the two broncos and eagles the two games that we've won they weren't very good teams like those are i want to see us you know see we'll see how we do against the chiefs um I know the record's not doing too good, but they, they're still a good team, and uh, we'll see how we look against the Bengals. And, uh, you know, we definitely have to do our due diligence. Unless we win the Super Bowl, like, we have to do our due diligence and uh, see the long-term plan for our head coach. Agree with you about Josh Jacobs. You know, he's just always banged up, man. We need more stability, and we'll see how it goes at the end of the season. So, yeah, you're, you're just spot on, dude, and I, I agree with you. Uh, keep up the great job we're doing for this show and 
I just want to chime in on a free agency or a trade deadline, sorry. And um, there's not like a specific name that I have out there, but I would say I would like the Raiders to go after maybe one or two run run defense specialists. You know, um, they don't have to be a big name, but just guys who kind of specialize in stopping the run uh, just because that is a very weak point. And the team that that scares me is the Tennessee Titans. And uh, the the way we're looking right now is I have high playoff hopes. And, you know, my goal is for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. And um, if we continue to improve, you know, who knows, maybe AFC title game and the Titans look great. Let's say we play them in the AFC. I don't see any way we could stop Derrick Henry. So I think we really need to kind of prepare for our matchups and try to try to get better at just stopping the run. And if we could just stop the run, our pass coverage looks great, and um, our defense would just be that much better. So uh, you guys have a good week. Let's enjoy our bye. Let's just enjoy our football Sundays and, uh, you know, enjoy your families. Just win, baby. There you go, Cisco in the 661. And, yeah, man, I like the way that Versace is leading the team right now. I really do. You just got to see a lot more of the season, and then you got to just see where you're at at the end of the season. I mean, that's what it's really all about. There's plenty of games left, as we documented very well in segment number two, how many games are left. Uh, so there's a lot of, of time to determine who's going to be the full-time head coach or if it's going to be Versace or they're going to go outside the building and find someone else. As far as Josh Jacobs goes, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that situation when it comes about. You know I mean? As simple as that. He's a hell of a running back. Love him to death, you know? Love him being on the team. Just don't know if the value is there when it comes to, you know, how much he's going to be owed on that fifth-year option and what he brings to the table. As far as a, a player to, to go and make a move for or run stuff on defense, that'd be great. You know, I had a guy call me on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday and say, Quentin Williams from the Jets. That'd be great if they could pull that off. That's who I wanted when they went and drafted Cleve Furl. He got drafted by the Jets one pick before the Raiders had an opportunity. Would have loved to see the Raiders get Quentin Williams. If he's available and they can go make a move for him, great. That'd be a great addition to add to the, the defense and probably be a guy that the Raiders could really benefit from long-term on that defense. But we'll see what happens. But I do like that call. Good stuff, my man. Appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider Rob from Oregon. Good morning, Q. It's Raider Rob from Oregon. I just wrapped up Thursday's podcast, and as always, another great show. Love the segment with Mark Davis. The guy embodies the epitome of class and poise. I wanted to ask, and I apologize because I realize Christmas is still a few months away, but I am too pumped. The wife and I decided to treat each other and fly to Vegas for Christmas and catch the game. This is not only my wife's first Raiders game, but her first NFL game. So as things get closer, please keep myself and the nation updated on anything going on that we could attend or be a part of. Hope to maybe meet you out, shake your hand, and buy you around. Until then, Raiders. That's from Raider Rob in Oregon. And, hey, congratulations on that, man. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. You know, it's always great when you introduce someone to a Raiders football game. I tried to do that with some of our family friends that we had from Texas. And, well, when we went to the game, that was the Bears game, and that was a stinker. And I actually had to apologize for even taking them to that game because, well, we all know how that game shook out. But hopefully you'll be there for an exciting, fun, action-packed game, and your wife will really know what Raider football is all about. And, you know, if this is our first NFL game, it'll be even that much better. So I'll definitely let you know about whatever's going on around that time. But, uh, yeah, congratulations on getting that early Christmas gift. Definitely uh, look forward to seeing you guys when you come to town. Next up, got a call from Chris in Oklahoma City by way of Stockton. He's calling to talk about potential moves a team could make as far as trades and then points out something about the Raiders' draft history. Here he is, Chris in Oklahoma City by way of Stockton. Q Nation, what's up? Hey, I just wanted to call in super quick. Uh, we're, we're talking about a lot about – you know, some of the moves that we could potentially see this week. 
Uh, I really genuinely would like to just see us make moves on that offensive line if we make any. Uh, even if we brought in like a stud guy from somewhere else, I, I, I personally just don't want to take any chances on some of these these other guys. There was the the guy out of Pittsburgh. Of course, his name slips my mind when I try to think about it. Um, well, he played for the anyway. I, I just don't I just don't want to see it take a risk on some of these guys. Also, I know we're talking a lot about some of these busts that we've had in the first round. I think one thing that Mayock has proven is that he can go find talent in those later rounds, i.e., Nate Hobbs. Max Crosby, um, essentially Max Crosby became what we wanted Cleve Farrell to be. And unfortunately, if both of those guys would have shined, we would have never had to go pay a guy uh, like Yannick Ngakwe, which obviously I'm happy we have Yannick Ngakwe. Hindsight's 2020. It's all There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but I, again, I think that I think that the potential to go make some moves on the offensive line and solidify that offensive line would be amazing. Nation, what do you think? This is Chris out of Oklahoma City by way of Stockton, a.k.a. Pastor Raider. God bless y'all. There he goes. Chris in Oklahoma City by way of Stockton. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate you. And as far as the draft history with Mayock hitting on those late-round picks, you're right about that. But that doesn't excuse whiffing on most of your first-rounders. It's easy to go back and say, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but it would be nice to have some dudes that will be long-term players with the Raiders. Think about this, and this has nothing to do with Mike Mayock. This just goes back to the history of the Raiders. There's only been one first-round pick since Darren McFadden to get a second contract, and that was just recently when Colton Miller got his contract extension. Think about that. That's been a long time since Darren McFadden was a first-round pick. There's been no first-round picks to get a second contract. And before you call and say Carl Joseph, Carl Joseph left and came back to the Silver and Black. So, no, that does not count. I'm talking about first-round picks that were extended by the team. Didn't have to leave and return. They were extended. Only one since Darren McFadden, and that's Colton Miller. That's a problem. Thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from Raider Hondo 530. Q, I start my day looking forward to your podcast, and it always delivers. A great Raider game is when the kickers ride the bench the whole day. Don't have to settle for field goals. But I must strongly disagree with what you said on unnecessary roughness. PATs matter. Carlson has already missed at least two this young season. The Raiders had to play in overtime because of one of them. What is the Vegas odds on how many more he'll miss? Fans don't see the importance because PATs are hardly shown on the TV broadcast. Carlson is trending down. His kicks are ugly. They don't sail high into the net. He's the weak link. Raiders fans may be headed towards heartbreak. The worst kind. Great team, bad kicker. Let's nip this in the bud before it gets crazy. Coach needs a light of fire under him. Unnecessarily rough. Pillaging just for fun. Raider Hondo in the 5-3-0. Thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. And I'm somewhat laughing because I feel like you're uh, on the ledge right now. You're about to jump. Don't do it. I'm, I'm trying to wheel you in, man. I'm trying to bring you back. Yeah, Carlson missed... Those two PATs, and I'm not excusing him for missing those. He should never miss a PAT. That's a 33-yard field goal. Should never miss those. But I wouldn't say he's the weak link. I mean, let's go back to week one. He hit a 55-yard field goal just to give the Raiders an opportunity in overtime. You know, I mean, he, he did that. He, he's done and had many clutch kicks, in my opinion. I don't think he's the weak link. Yes, he does need to solidify those PATs. He's got to make sure he hits those. But I am not at any time underestimating what uh, one of those PATs mean. That one point is big. You're right. There's a reason why the Raiders had to go to overtime for uh, that Miami game, because he missed an extra point. I get it. But, I mean, man, you got to give the dude some credit for what he has done. And, and the kicking was atrocious before he became a member of the Silver and Black. Remember the time between Janikowski and him? It was not very confident. I didn't have very much confidence in anyone that was kicking. I at least believe that he's going to hit it when he goes out there. So I think that maybe it's a slight overreaction with what you're saying about Carlson, but I understand what you mean about the PATs. He does have to hit those, no doubt about it. Appreciate the text, my man.
And the final call for today's show comes from my guy Mario in Tucson. He's calling to talk about the coaching staff and what he doesn't want to do as far as rebuild the team. Here he is, Mario in Tucson. Q, Raider Nation. What's up, y'all? It's Mario in Tucson. Well, like I said the last time I called, uh, we don't have, you know, a game this week, and we've been doing good, so I really have nothing to complain about. But I'd like to start with, this coaching staff that we have, and yeah, I know, we need to do our due diligence and all that other stuff, but I heard a caller that said, you don't want to go back in the rebuild mode, and I don't either, man. I've been a Raider fan, you know, most of my life, 40-plus years, you know what I'm saying? Since I'm nine, I'm 50 now, and I just don't like, you know, scrapping something that you see is going in the right direction. Like, I hated Khalil Mack getting traded because it looked like we were just starting to gel and get something going, and I, I hate having to start over. As a Raider fan myself, you know, like I said, most of my life, I've gotten to see this team have ups and have downs. The thing is, we've been sitting here for some years, you know, after the tough rule game and after some of the other stuff that we've gone through over the years where we weren't a good team. And now it looks like we got something heading in the right direction. Now, I'll thank Gruden for the stuff he did for to help this team. But, you know, I'm going to also give him some blame, too, because that stuff he said was just screwed up. You can't say things like that. Shouldn't even be thinking things like that. But that's a whole other phone call, and I'm not going to even waste time on that. But we got good ingredients as far as players are concerned. You know, Unique Ngakwe, Crosby, um, you know, I, I like Trayvon Merritt. I like him. Abram's playing better. You know, you got you got some ingredients there. You know, as long as Edwards, Ruggs, Waller, Moreau, that offensive line starting to gel. And you know what? My man, D.C., he's playing at an MVP-type level. And I want him to finish this off, just like I want the team to finish it off. But as far as next year, I think we need to keep the 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 – ingredients in this particular team together, uh, meaning also that coaching staff. And I'll give some props to Mark Davis for sitting there and taking those hard questions. If he knew something, he will answer it. If he didn't know something, he wouldn't. But you know what? Being a Raider ain't always being easy. You know what I'm saying? And the way I look at it is we right now have something good going, and we need to stay the course. Let's don't mess around. And we want this stuff to be successful for years on end and not just this year or, you know, 2016. Q, Nation, peace. There he goes. That's Mario in Tucson. Good call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, you're right. The ingredients are there. The team is playing really well. You want to keep the ingredients together. Coaches, players, stay the course. I totally get that. I understand 100%, and I can agree to a certain extent. Now, I do say, like you said, you want to make sure that they maintain a really good team for the long term, not just a one-year thing and then you're done. That's why I said that at the end of the year, the Raiders need to make sure that they go and they do a, a deep search and really make sure that they uncover every stone, make sure they look under every stone for any kind of a coach that could take them from where they are to long-term success consistently for year to year to year to year. If that's Rich Passaccia, great. If that's someone else, fine. And they don't necessarily have to rebuild it. Especially, like you said, the ingredients are already there. Bring in a coach. Just say you're going to bring in a coach. Bring in a guy that says, hey, what you have here, 
I can work with. I can take it to the next level. Let me just work my magic. This is how we're going to do it. No rebuild necessary. There's coaches out there that can do that. Hell, I've been on record to say I don't think John Gruden needed to tear down the, the roster back in 2017 when he took over. 2018, excuse me. I don't think he had to tear it all down. He just chose to. Just in case they do bring in another coach doesn't mean that it's necessarily got to be a full rebuild. It could just be a Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr type situation where it's like, hey, I got this team to this certain point, and this guy's going to put him over the hump. I mean, you never know. You never know. So don't think that just because there could be another guy coming in that it has to be a full-blown rebuild because I don't believe that that is the case. But good stuff, my man. I appreciate you. And that's going to close out the show today. Uh, have a great weekend, Raider Nation. There is no game, so there's nothing to stress out about. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have plenty of stuff to talk about as we start to look forward to the New York Giants week nine action for the silver and black. So again, have a great weekend, Raider Nation. Uh, stay safe. Take care of your family. Do what you got to do. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby. <laughs>